This is Roy's Rocket Radio, episode 127, recorded on Thursday the 24th of March 2016. Hello again, and what I've done is broken up a really long show to make up for all the time that I've been away into a few shows, because I'm a bit sick today, and I don't think anyone wants to hear me heavily breathing and snorting and blowing my nose. So this first podcast will be a review or a chat about 10 Cloverfield Lane, which me and a friend, Tom, who's been on the show before, watched today. So as far as the times when I recorded this podcast, they're going to be pretty irrelevant because I'm recording the intro at 14 minutes past 11 at night, but we actually saw the film this morning. But just a few things to say before I play you the review. Happy Holly, everyone. Happy Spring and Happy Good Friday. And incidentally, Happy Spring because it was the Vernal Equinox on the 20th of March. And that's it. Enjoy the review. We've just been to see Cloverfield and I've got to say has one of the most justified use of swearing I've ever seen in a movie. It was brilliant, yep. It was really good. Best horror film I've seen for a few years. Definitely lots of twists and turns. It's one of those films, like Cabin in the Woods, it had lots of twists and turns and I did not know where it was going at any point and I was just... What's it going to do next? What's it going to do next? So, and yeah, what was your impression, Roy? Yeah, it's one of those films that's, again, very, very hard not to spoil. I thought, yeah, plenty of twists and turns. The other thing I thought is, after watching it, I thought maybe M. Night Shyamalan has been unjustifiedly criticised because what it reminded me strongly of was one of his films and even saying this might be a spoiler but I'm going to do it anyway Signs Yeah it was very much in his style it had that same kind of paranoid style that a lot of his films have and uh, one thing I really liked about it was the cinematography I thought the camera shots were amazing you don't really see films with good cinematography these days so much. But there were lots of scenes in this film where the shots could have been up on a poster and they looked really impressive. And it was pretty damn scary too. Did you find it scary, Roy? Yeah, there were definitely some really shocking moments. Whether I found it scary or not, though... There was one bit in the film, about an hour in, where... I suddenly thought that the bad character was someone else, exactly one hour into the film. And then they flipped it again towards the end. Yeah, it's one of those films with lots of flip. I'm trying to think of examples of older films that have got those kind of flip, you know, what what you think is going to happen, just flips and flips. I don't know, maybe... Ah, so I don't want to say films that are too similar, but it's 
just kind of creates a feeling of paranoia because you just don't know who to trust, you don't know what's going on, and the tension builds, and it's one of those films where you don't know it plays with you, like you don't know if the guy's a bit screwed up or very, very screwed up, and you're just kind of along for the ride, and I'm I'm really tensed up. It was a tense film, what do you think? It was tense, and it was nicely paced, too. I thought... The way the scenario was set up, and if you've seen the trailer, you kind of know that there are a few people in a bunker. I thought it would drag on from the trailer, but it didn't at all. Just at the right time, they moved on to the next scene. The only thing I will say in criticism is, if you take away the shocks and the thrills, it was kind of what I was expecting. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect. Because there's various characters in the film who you're not sure if they're telling the truth. And there were main kind of beats that I was expecting, but I didn't really know who to trust or who to believe in the movie. So I'm quite satisfied. I was strung along. and oh, There were some real shocks in that film. Yeah, I'm really glad I've seen it, and I think it's one of those, if you like horror movies, it needs to be seen, in my opinion. Also, there was the relationship to the first Cloverfield film. It works as its own film, but there's a definite connection to Cloverfield here, and what I'm glad they did with that connection is not make it too vague. They're definitely two films in the same universe. I did like the performances. I thought John Goodman did his usual, is he a good guy or is he a bad guy? I like the performances of the two other actors. But the thing is, I don't know where they're from. I've never seen them before. Do you recognise them? No, I don't, but they were very good. And I'd like to know what they've been in before, or if they've being anything else. It was three main characters and they were all really, really good. I kept you guessing. Yeah. I like the female character a lot because she wasn't stereotypical, I thought. They didn't make her like Ripley or they didn't make her too girly. She just seemed like the average person and she's maybe more a character that everyone can relate to come to think of it there weren't that many actors in the movie anyway i'm thinking now there was only the main three characters there might have been another one and then a lot of cgi yeah, it's a very claustrophobic film, very tight story with a couple of characters trapped together in a strange situation. As you say, it's very different to the first. I mean, the first Cloverfield is so long ago, I think probably everyone knows it's about a giant monster, Godzilla style. But this is different, very different. It's a lot less epic and more tight does have its links to the other Cloverfield, as you said. 
the one bit of nerd pedantry I'm going to put out there now is mainly from having experience of using chemicals in enclosed spaces. And there is a scene in an enclosed space. And take it from me, if you do that, everyone would be choking in real life. Yeah, I didn't... It hasn't occurred to me, but now you say so, yeah. Probably is a mistake. I don't know about the chemical he used, but when I was living in rural Canada, the water was really hard and it gummed up the Mm. plumbing. And occasionally people would have to pour down their drains, I think a dilute sulfuric acid. And that was a very dilute solution. And you really had to ventilate the place to use it. Yeah. Didn't cross my mind, but it should have done because I've been around substances like that and you don't want them open in an enclosed space. So, yeah, I'd be interested to know what they were thinking or whether that was an oversight or... Yep, that's a good point. I think it was just film licence. They needed to use that at the time and it would be too complicated to do anything else or to have fumes going everywhere so the camera couldn't pick up anything. Yeah, I can't really say what happened without spoiling the movie, but um, what have we not covered? I suppose there's a lot of different horror genres going on and the film almost changes genre abruptly at one point and it's a bit of a shock you don't really want to spoil it by saying any more. What do you mean by changing genre? Well, it's kind of... For the first few acts of the movie, it's a bit like uh, down-to-earth um, being captured by a crazy person. There isn't really any... It's more like Stephen King's Misery. I thought it was going to be like, and then it kind of develops to... Oh, a nuclear war might be involved and then something else might be involved so you don't really know what genre you're watching as it goes on it's great that you said Stephen King's misery because that's exactly what I was thinking but now that I think in retrospect there's a really good reason for that near the beginning of the film were there any other films that it seemed reminiscent of Well, I didn't want to say one in case it spoils it too much, but I know I've got a film in my head which is just the kind of the genre of films where you don't know who to trust, almost like Alfred Hitchcock, where things just change. And like, say, Rear Window, where you just don't know whether you're dealing with a killer or a safe person who you've misunderstood. And and I suppose like any film that has a claustrophobic setting like misery how about you I agree with everything you said the problem is though they pick a character actor like John Goodman because he's been typecasted in those very ambiguous roles where you don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy so immediately that he's in the movie you know that it's going to be something like this and Even if they did pick another actor, which would have been a good thing to do, and it would have saved them a lot of money, the trailer was (laughs) gave too much away anyway. The moment you saw the trailer, the moment you knew the name of the movie, you kind of know half of what's going to happen. 
And what's particularly annoying about this is when J.J. Abrams made the first Cloverfield film, you had absolutely no idea what was going to happen. I didn't see the trailer myself. I didn't see any trailers for 10 Cloverfield Lane. But I agree with you that trailer spoilers are getting a big problem these days because two recent films, Dark Knight Rises and Terminator Genesis, both pretty much showed you the whole film, including the ending in their trailers. So, yeah, I'm getting a bit fed up with that myself. And this morning, looking in my Twitter feed, one of my followers tweeted a link to an 11-minute trailer for Batman vs Superman. And apart from the fact that it spoils things, immediately you do that. The audience is sophisticated enough to know that the production company have panicked and they're worried that no one will see it, so they splurge on all these trailers. The same thing happened in Prometheus. Well, I haven't watched Prometheus or its trailers yet. And I want to see Batman and Superman. I've seen a couple of trailers for Batman and Superman. And one trailer in particular, I think, has given away a certain surprise villain who I didn't know was in the film. So I've avoided the trailers since then. But yeah, that's a film I'm excited about. And I'm looking forward to going in with very little knowledge because I haven't looked online or read any plot summaries or anything. So, yeah. When you were saying all that, I was just about to explode. You haven't seen Prometheus? No, I never got round to it. I don't know what to say now. I'm... <laughs> I had a long discussion about this at a geek meetup about a week ago, and I think I ended up shouting again. What were you shouting about? What was the discussion? The guy I was speaking to, he also writes scripts. So I write scripts, he writes scripts. So we were dissecting, well, we were destroying Prometheus. But I don't know what to do now. I can't talk about it because I don't want to spoil it for you. A lot of people said it had a lot of bad logic. I heard people complain that characters did things for no reason in reviews I heard, which I don't really mind. I mean... People aren't logical, but I haven't seen it yet, so I can't make my mind up. Okay, well, just before we go back to Cloverfield, I just want to say the one good thing about Prometheus is the uniforms are nice. Yeah, yeah. I know it's got some kind of connection to the Alien movies. Some, yeah, I like the Alien movies, so I probably should see it sometime. And now we've strayed completely from Cloverfield. All I will say is I did enjoy it. I found it surprising. Very different to the first Cloverfield movie. And just as a slight tangent, we went to see the film at Cineworld. And there's just been a price hike, and not a small one. Apparently, the last film we went to see was around £7. The film's now cost £9. And that's the low price between Monday and Thursday. What do you think about £9 as the low price? I think it's pretty bad, and I liked 
I like to catch your movers for £7 in the mornings and if that's stopped, I'm not going to make much of an effort to see movers in the week anymore and I'm going to wait for the DVD. So Cine World is going to lose out. But then if it's inflation or bad business, what can you do? The thing is, before the film started, they flashed up on the screen that the monthly price for a pass for Cineworld is about £17, which is slightly less than two tickets a month. And I think that's their strategy. They're trying to get us all to buy passes. A lot of people I know have the monthly pass, and I've considered getting it myself. I'm just never sure if there's enough films out there I want to see, but I, it, it is something I'm considering, because see a film every week, you've saved a lot of money, I suppose. So, yeah, maybe. Any closing thoughts on Cloverfield? It felt very... I was going to say retro, but not in the kind of exactly retro, like a Quentin Tarantino movie, but it had that art, that artistic feel that Stanley Kubrick horror films have, like the real... It felt like the old horror movies I used to like, with real artistic cinematography and a good atmosphere. I'm really impressed with it. I'm very glad I saw it. I think the music might have something to do with that. I don't really remember the music. You'll have to remind me. Well, the pop music from the 50s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that might have been a big thing to it. And his his bunker is a bit retro because he's an old-fashioned man. He's got a lot of cheesy ornaments and stuff in his bunker. So that's a bit of a kind of humorous retro visual style. I just feel a need to complain about something again. Just one last thing, if you don't mind. Sure, go ahead. Okay, so I just said about how the music was from the 50s and 60s, and you were saying how it had a retro feel to things. Why is it that a lot of American movies, their cultural references all seem to come from the 1950s? Maybe they remember it as a happy time. Maybe things were going well in the USA. I haven't been to the USA myself, but I think... Like Back to the Future, you see that film, and people obviously have a very rosy view of that decade. Yeah, maybe that's it, because... I'm thinking, in this film that we just watched, he didn't have a CD with, say, Lady Gaga... No, no, he all had all old stuff and it was quite humorous in some places when he was playing his music and looked a bit silly. Okay, so all in all, recommended. Maybe don't go in with as critical an eye as I have. Just sit down and enjoy it. This was our little poorly put together review for Cloverfield. Thanks for listening. Okay, that was Roy's Rocket Radio, episode 127, recorded on Thursday, the 24th of March 2016, and the time at the end of the show is 23 minutes past 11. You can contact me on Twitter, at Roy Martha, that's R-O-Y-M-A-T-H-U-R. 
offer a million different options for subscribing and contacting me, go to RoyMartha.com, spelled the same way. Thanks for listening and bye for now. Bye.